الحمد لله الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هدي له ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد أن سيدنا مولانا محمد عبده ورسوله أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وعد الله الذين آمنوا منكم وعملوا الصالحات ليستخلفنهم في الأرض كما استخلف الذين من قبلهم وليمكنن لهم دينهم الذي ارتضى لهم وليبدلنهم من بعد خوفهم أمنا يعبدونني لا يشركون بي شيئا وقال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم إنكم على بينة من ربكم ما لم تظهر فيكم سكرتان سكرة الجهل وسكرة حب العيش وأنتم تأمرون بالمعروف وتنهون عن المنكر وتجاهدون في سبيل الله فإذا ظهر فيكم حب الدنيا فلا تأمرون بالمعروف ولا تنهون عن المنكر ولا تجاهدون في سبيل الله القائلون يومئذ بالكتاب والسنة كالسابقين الأولين من المهاجين والأنصار أو كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم الله سبحانه وتعالى has put us in a time and in an age where we find that the ummah is being tested in every way and every facet of their lives one is with a loss of wealth one at one part of the world with a loss of wealth, with a loss of life. In another part, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is increasing and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is giving. But for the ummah to find a balance and for those who have and for those who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has blessed with ease, for them to understand their responsibility and for them to know 
that every single thing that is given to them is given to them as a test. Whether you are in affliction, whether you are in ease, whether you are in comfort, every situation, every condition that the Ummah of Muhammad finds themselves in, this is a test. A person never should want things for himself, should never think to himself that I find myself in ease, I find myself in comfort. So this is just a blessing of Allah. Yes, outwardly it's a blessing of Allah. But in that blessing is a test. The test of Allah is to see what do you do with those blessings that Allah has bestowed you with. On the other hand, if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala puts you in an affliction, in an affliction then a person should understand to himself and he should think. And he should know that this is the promise of Allah. That Allah will test us. Allah will test us with afflictions. Allah will test us with fear. Allah will test us with hunger. Allah will test us with loss of wealth. Allah will test us with loss of fruits, with loss of our harvest, with loss of our stocks. Allah will test us with these things. But the mu'min has to understand that this is a test and Allah wants to see how I fare. If I have sabr, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will be happy with me. And if I'm in ease, I make shukr, then Allah is happy with me. Nabi Karim sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentions, he says, The situation of a mu'min is such that it is very strange or very unique. In every situation that he finds himself in, it's goodness for him. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says that this is for nobody else, but it's a special gift to a mu'min. person who has iman in his heart, this is a gift to him. So if a person understands it's a gift, what is the gift? Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, إِنْ أَصَابَتْهُ دَرَّا صَبَرَ فَكَانَ خَيْرَ اللَّهِ وَإِنْ أَصَابَتْهُ سَرَّا شَكَرَ فَكَانَ خَيْرَ اللَّهِ He says, if afflictions, if difficulty comes to you, and you make sabr upon it, this is good for you, it's a gift for you. Because in it, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will increase your stages. In it, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will raise your ranks in the akhirah. In it, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's mercy, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's eyes of mercy descends upon you. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's rahmah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's barakah is descending upon you. You may not perceive it because of your situation. Subhanallah, on the day of Qiyamah, a person will be brought in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He will be dipped one time into Jannah. He will forgive, forget every affliction of that. He will be asked that, did you suffer anything? He says, I suffered nothing. Seeing only, not even experiencing the bounty of Allah, but only coming into the environment, just being dipped into Jannah. Not experiencing any of the bounties of it. Just the sight of it. Every difficulty will be removed. The sign of every, the thought of every difficulty, everything will be gone. Nothing matters anymore. Allah has bestowed me with Jannah. I have reached my success, I reach that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has promised me. And I, have, and I am successful because I have seen the reward. Because now I have achieved the reward. And on the other hand, another person may come who may have had all the bounties of the dunya, everything of the dunya, every bounty of this world, he would have had for himself. He may have had his own island. He may have had his own whatever. But one time he has to be put dipped into Jahannam. Not even experience, just the dip of it. Just the sight of it. And this is enough for him to forget every single bounty that he experienced in the world. So we have to understand that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala puts his servants, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala puts his servants in trials in two ways. Allah can put you either in trial through 
is or Allah can put you in trial through difficulty. But whichever way you look at it, it is a trial from Allah. Now those people who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given ease, Allah has given comfort, Allah has given safety, Allah has given security, Allah has given them the wealth, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given them the means. What is their duty and what is their test? Their test is that whatever is the command of Allah, whatever is the command of Allah to do with their wealth, then they have to carry out that command of Allah happily. Happily, with enthusiasm. This is the test of the person who Allah has put in comfort and Allah has put in ease. This is the test. A person never should once think that what I have is mine and what I have is what I achieve through my abilities and through my strife and through my uh, hard work. Yes, we will do hard, we will work hard, we will make an effort. Never for once did the Sharia say that you shouldn't make an effort. But the result of your effort is not in your hand. The result of your effort is in the hands of Allah. The result of your effort, irrespective of how hard your effort is, irrespective of what difficult situations a person had went through, your effort and the result of your effort is totally in the hands of Allah. It's not in our hands. At the moment we look at ourselves and we become haughty and we become arrogant and we become um, self-conceited and we start to think that what I have achieved is all because of me, then Allah dislikes this. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives an example of a same person who had the same attitude in the Quran. Allah says, إِنَّ قَارُونَ كَانَ مِنْ قَوْمِ مُوسَىٰ فَبَغَىٰ عَلَيْهِمْ وَأَتَيْنَاهُمْ مِنَ الْكُنُوزِ مَا عِنَّ مَفَاتِحَهُ لَتَنُوءُ بِالْعُسْبَةِ وَلِلْقُوَّةِ إِذْ قَالَ لَهُ قَوْمُهُ لَا تَفْرَحْ إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يُحِبُّ الْفَرِحِينَ So, there was a person from the family of Musa alayhi salatu was salam and he turned against Allah. Allah says, وَآتَيْنَاهُ مِنَ الْكُنُوزِ We gave him all that he possessed. He was the richest person of that time. إِذْ قَالَ لَهُ قَوْمُهُ لَا تَفْرَحْ People told him that do not become arrogant. إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يُحِبُّ الْفَرِحِينَ Allah does not like those people who are arrogant. What he said? قَالَ إِنَّمَا أُوْتِيْتُهُ عَلَىٰ عِلْمٍ عِنْدِي All this you see what I have achieved is because of my knowledge, my effort, my abilities. فَخَسَفْنَا بِهِ وَبِدَارِهِ الْأَرْضِ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sunk him into the earth. And those people who looked at him, and those people who aspired to be like him, then they came to a realization, and then they understood that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was displeased with him. And then they realized that if they were in the same situation as he was, then they would have suffered the same consequences that he is suffering today. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us whatever we have, whether you're in this part of the world, whether we are in another part of the world, whether we are a supreme uh, sovereign country of our own, having the wealth or having the oil or having whatever we want. But if it is not used in the, in the obedience of Allah, if it is not used for the upliftment of the deen of Allah, if it is not used for the helping of the Muslims in their suffering, then the promise of Allah is close. So, so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created avenues for those in ease, to protect themselves from the afflictions of others by helping those who are in affliction. So at this moment we can see in the world, what is happening? The talk of the day, everybody is talking the same thing. The same subject you'll hear at every table, the same subject you'll hear at every break, the same subject you'll hear in every drive. The same subject. What is happening in Palestine? What is happening? What is happening? The first thing we must understand, that a mu'min is such that he never fears death. A mu'min never fears death. Because death for a mu'min 
if he dies in a state of iman, is success for him. And it is only the passing of, the, of one phase of his existence. If he passes this phase successfully, then the next phase, he is already guaranteed success. If he leaves this world with iman, he is guaranteed success. But if this phase of this dunya, this life of this world, if he leaves in a state that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is unhappy with him, breaking the commands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and leaving this world without iman, then the next phase will be a phase of torment for him, irrespective of his status and irrespective of, what, of, of whatever he's done in this world. So we must understand that. That death for a mu'min is not a tragedy. Death for a mu'min is not a tragedy. It's a phase. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has a system. And the system has been in operation from the time of Adam alayhi salam till the day of Qiyamah. People will come, people will leave. People will be here. Today we will see people here. The next time, the same people may not be here. Today I may be here, Today I may, tomorrow I may not be here. This is a phase that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has put us through. Now, passing that phase, and this is the phase of test. This is the phase of test. Where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants to see what we do with our lives and how we fare in fulfilling the commands of Allah. This is that phase. So each one have to, has to take stock of themselves and we have to think to ourselves, how am I doing so far? How am I doing so far? Am I getting there or am I not? When you see students that are in metric, when they're already in the first term, then the teachers already have an idea and they also have an idea. And the teachers will tell them that, you know what, your metric year is a culmination of your whole 12 years of studies. If you fail now, you've wasted 12 years of your life. So they'll call the parents in if the child is a weak child or the child is not interested. And they'll tell that parent that, you know what, you need to sort your child out. You need to take him for some tuitions. You need to do this. You need to do that. Some intervention measures need to be taken. And parents will then be uh, given plans of what to do. Why? To see that that child succeeds at the end of that year. In the same way, we have to look at our lives. Where we are now, how far we got to go, we don't know. How much time left, we don't know. But the culmination of our life is when Malik Al-Mud stands in front of us. Am I ready to see Allah? Am I ready to see Allah? If I have to think to myself now, am I ready to see Allah? I have to ask myself, what are the questions my Allah is going to ask me? Do I have the answers for it? Am I ready with the answers? This is what we have to think about. So the Ummah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam never fears death. If they are in that condition which they know Allah is happy with them, they will not fear death. Those who have left the world, and they have left the world in that state, state which Allah and His Rasul has promised for them success, then they are successful. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions in many, many places in the Quran on the success of those people who die in the state of shahada. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks in many places of the Quran. وَلَا تَحْسَبَنَّ الَّذِينَ قُتِلُوا فِي سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ أَمْوَاتِ بَلْ أَحْيَاءٌ عِنْدَ رَبِّهِمْ يُرْزَقُونَ Allah keeps them alive when all of you are dead. Allah keeps them alive. يُرْزَقُونَ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sustains them. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives them that which will make them happy. When Jafar bin Abi Talib radiallahu ta'ala who passes away, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam goes to the family and he meets the children of, of uh, Jafar bin Abi Talib, Muhammad bin Aoun, he tells them, and he tells the family that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has kept your father alive. Allah has given him wings and he's flying in Jannah. That's why he's called Jafar al-Tayyar. He's flying in Jannah. So that person who leaves this world in a state where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given him and Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has given him the highest rank 
and there is the rank of shahada. What is there for them to worry? The reason, the reason we find ourselves looking at the difficulties of the ummah and becoming despondent is not because we have conviction in the promises of Allah, but because we're looking at the loss of the worldly things. We are looking at the loss of the world. Whatever is broken tomorrow, tomorrow will be built. Whatever it is lost tomorrow will be gained. But that life which is lost in a state that Allah is not happy with that person, that person has no success, that person in the, is in the highest destruction. So never become despondent when it comes to our Muslims and our shuhada and those people who are giving their lives and those close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's why I never judge anybody. Because you don't know who's close to Allah and what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has taken from that person. Maybe that person may not have had much amal as you or much good as you. But Allah loves something in the person that Allah bestowed them with that highest status of death. That highest ticket of uh, travel towards Allah. And that is shahada. So this is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This we must remember. Never fear death. A mu'min never fears death. And a mu'min desires shahada. Nabi Karim sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says that مَنْ مَاتَ وَلَمْ يُحَدِّثْ نَفْسَهُ مَاتَ عَلَى شُعْبَةٍ مِنَ النِّفَاقِ Whoever did not fight in the path of Allah. And nor did the desire come in his heart that I want to become a shaheed. I want to sacrifice myself for the deen of Allah. You may not get the opportunity in your life, but at least the enthusiasm should be there. At least the desire should be there. مَاتَ عَلَى شُعْبَةٍ مِنَ النِّفَاقِ Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, a person has passed away upon a part of nifaq, a part of hypocrisy. Why? Because Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentions in many hadiths that one of the signs of the weakness of the mu'min is when his love for the dunya becomes so extreme that he hates the akhirah, he hates death. And this is the reason Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, يُشِكُ الْأُمَمْ يُشِكُ الْأُمَمْ أَن تَدَاءَ عَلَيْكُمْ كَمَا تَدَاءَ الْأَكِلَةُ إِلَىٰ قَسَعَتِهَا that you will see, he's telling the Sahaba radiallahu ta'ala anhum. This was when Sahaba was strong. He's telling them, you will see a time will come in my ummah. Where people will call towards hurting, towards damaging, towards killing, towards murdering the Muslims. Like how people call each other to come to a plate of food and come and eat. Come, come, you come also, you enjoy. America, you come. England, you come. Germany, you come. Italy, you come. All of you come. Take what you want. A little small patch of land. Not even get foot in Durban, I don't know how many times. Small, tiny piece of land. Come with all your artillery. Come with whatever you have. Try it out on them. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says that they will call, come, destroy the Muslimin. Sahaba radiallahu ta'ala anhum were shocked. They said, وَمِنْ قِلَّةٍ نَحْنِ يَوْمَ إِذِنْ Ya Rasulullah, will you be few in that time? That in those days, will you be few in number? Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, no. On that day you will be a lot. There will be many of you. 1.8 million of, a billion of you. وَلَكِنَّكُمْ غُثَاءٌ كَغُثَاءِ السَّيْلِ But you will be useless. You will be useless. You will be like the form of the, after a flood, the filth that comes out on the side. That's what you will be like. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam then says that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will remove from the hearts of your enemy, the awe that they should have for you if you had true iman. That's not the exact hadith, but the, the explanation of the hadith. That Allah will remove the awe from the hearts of your enemy. And Nabi said that what I will put in your heart what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will put in your heart because 
of the state you are in, Allah will put wahn. Sahaba asked, what is wahn? Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said two things. dunya wa karahiyatul maut. You will love this world too much and you will dislike death. A mu'min never dislikes death. A mu'min is so prepared for death that at any given time, he is waiting to meet his Rabb. Muaz ibn Jabal radiallahu ta'ala and he sees in towards the ending of his life, he was afflicted in, in Ta'un Amwas, in the lands of Palestine, in the lands of Sham. And he, on his last days, he's lying on his bed, and he's telling the people, a long-awaited guest has arrived. A long-awaited guest has arrived. And after that, he passes away. This was the love that Sahaba radiallahu ta'ala anhum had for death. Their love for death was such that at every given moment in their life, they were ready, they were willing to give their lives for the upliftment of the deen of Allah. But this is the only way that our, 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 our lives will be accepted, is if we are holding it for the upliftment of the deen of Allah, if we are sacrificing it for the deen of Allah, for the upliftment of the deen of Allah. Otherwise, there is no, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not in need of it. So we must remember this, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has kept his promises. And in this world, if we want to live, we we'll never fear death. We will never ever fear death. We will wait for death and we will prepare for death. This is the quality of a mu'min is constantly preparing for death. But in this world, if he wishes a life, a life that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will allow him prosperity in the things of this world and giving vicegerency of this world, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes a promise. And in this promise, he asks from us two things. Allah says, I make a promise to you. And in Allah la mi'ad. Allah never ever goes against his promises. Allah make us makes a promise. He says, salihat." For two people, Allah makes this promise. One is those people who have that iman that is desired from them by Allah. They have to have such an iman, such conviction in the promises of Allah, such conviction in the words of Allah, such conviction in the words of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, in the teachings of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that they would sacrifice the teaching of Rasul for anything else. They would sacrifice the orders of Allah for anything else. Nothing will stand in the way of them fulfilling the commands of Allah in the way shown to us by Rasulullah Nothing. This is true Iman. وَعَمِلُ الصَّالِحَاتِ عَمِلُ الصَّالِحَاتِ is that whatever is asked of us, we do it how it's supposed to be done. Whatever it is, whether it's in our businesses, whether it is in our homes, whether it is in our marriages, whether it is in our families, whether it is in our education, whether it, whatever it is, I must first see what my Allah wants from me. If I'm doing what I'm doing, let me first find out what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants from me and how do I go about carrying out this obligation or carrying out this need of mine. Is it in conformity with what Allah and His Rasulullah wants from me? And the promises that come from that, this is the yaqeen and this conviction. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, if we can do these two things, if people, if the ummah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has this type of people, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, minqablim. I will give you complete vicegerency of the earth. Allah will make you leaders of the earth. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is never asking that you must come with the greatest of artillery. Allah is saying, Allah does not need wealth. Allah does not need status. Allah does not need people. Allah does not need numbers. All Allah is asking for is the iman that is asked of you and the amal al-salihat that is asked of you. I'll give you vicegerency of that. 313 people in Badr. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave them victory. The, 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 the population of Medina 
in the time of Rasulullah was so small compared to one city that was found among the Romans and the Persians. But Allah gave them complete control over the entire lands of the Romans and the Persians. So Allah does not need wealth. Rasulullah did he have wealth? Did he have the greatest of artillery? Did he have, like today we're asking, the rockets and the tanks and the jets and everything? No. They did not go to war with the conviction that my abilities will achieve what I will achieve. They only went with the conviction that Allah, inna Allah ma'ana, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is with us. At the moment, their attention moved away, Allah tested them. وَيَوْمَ حُنَيْنِ إِذَا عَجِبَتْكُمْ كَثْرَتُكُمْ فَلَمْ تُغْنِي عَنْكُمْ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the day of Hunayn, when they looked at their numbers, and they thought they were greater, and the people of, of and, 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 and the, the, the people of Hunayn, the Hawazin, they were, they were much lesser than them in number, one third than them in number, they thought we would crush these people, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala first gave them defeat. And then after that, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave them victory to teach them a lesson. That never did the ummah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam win with power, win with wealth, win with status. We win with what Allah has promises to us. Allah's promises and the ingredients and the conditions that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has placed in his promises, these are the only... The time is wrong. I don't want to show him 40, 44. <laughs> is, the, is the only promise that will take us to success in the Akhirah. And that is Amanu wa Amilu Salihat. That's all Allah wants. And He is the controller of everything. No matter their plans, even if they want fear that they can move mountains, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows of everything. They will plan, and no matter how much they plan, Allah is the best of planners. This is what we must understand and this is what we must remember. And we must have conviction in the promises of Allah, not in the promises of the things of this world. If we go to the means and to that which the kuffar turn for help, then Allah will give us the result that will come out from what they have. But if we turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has promised us, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give us what he has in his treasures as a promise. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will remove every difficulty, Allah will remove every fear, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give you safety and security. Assalamu alaikum. Mafia took two minutes at that time, they should go to two. أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله أشهد أن محمد رسول الله أشهد أن محمد رسول الله حي على الصلاة حي على الصلاة حي على الوفلاة حي على الوفلاة الله أكبر الله أكبر لا إله إلا الله الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهدي الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد أن سيدنا ومولانا محمدا عبده ورسوله صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وصحبه الذين هم خلاصة الأرض العرباء وخير الخلائق بعد الأنبياء أما بعد فيا أيها الناس وحدوا الله فإن التوحيد رأس الطاعات واتقوا الله فإن التقوى ملاك الحسنات 
وعليكم بالسنة فإن السنة تهدي إلى الإطاعة ومن أطاع الله ورسوله فقد رشد واهتدى وإياكم والبدعة فإن البدعة تهدي إلى المعصية ومن يعص الله ورسوله فقد ضل وغوى وعليكم بالصدق فإن الصدق ينجي والكذب يهلك وعليكم بالإحسان فإن الله يحب المحسنين ولا تقنتوا من رحمة الله فإنه أرحم الراحمين ولا تحب الدنيا فتكونوا من الخاسرين ألا وإن النفس لن تموت حتى تستكمل رزقها فاتقوا الله واجمعوا في الطلب وتوكلوا عليه فإن الله يحب المتوكلين وادعوا فإن ربكم مجيب الداعين واستغفروه يمددكم بأموال وبنين أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم وعد الله الذين آمنوا منكم وعملوا الصالحات لا يستخلفنهم في الأرض كما استخلف الذين من قبلهم ولا يمكنن لهم دينهم الذي ارتضى لهم ولا يبدلنهم من بعد خوفهم أمنا يعبدونني لا يشركون بي شيئا بارك الله لنا ولكم في القرآن العظيم ونفعنا وإياكم بما فيه من الآيات والقول الحكيم إنه تعالى جواد كريم ملك بر رب رؤوف رحيم الحمد لله نحمده ونستعين ونستغفر ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده ولا شريك له ونشهد أن سيدنا ومولانا محمد عبده ورسوله أرسله بالحق بشيرا ونذيرا بين يدي الساعة من يطع الله ورسوله فقد رشد ومن يعصي الله ورسوله فإنه لا يضر إلا نفسه ولا يضر الله شيئا أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على محمد عبدك ورسولك وصل على المؤمنين والمؤمنات والمسلمين والمسلمات خصوصا على خلفاء الأربعة أبو بكر وعمر وعثمان وعلي وعلى سائر الصحابة والتابعين ومن تبعهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين ربنا آتنا في الدنيا حسنة وفي الآخرة حسنة وقنا عذاب النار اللهم وفقنا لما تحب وترضى وجل آخرتنا خيرا من الأولى اللهم ردنا ورد المسلمين إلى دينك مردا جميلا اللهم ردنا ورد المسلمين إلى دينك مردا جميلا اللهم ردنا ورد المسلمين إلى دينك مردا جميلا اللهم انصر المجاهدين والمستضعفين في كل مكان يا رب العالمين اللهم انصر المجاهدين والمستضعفين في كل مكان يا رب العالمين اللهم عليك باليهود الغاصبين اللهم احسم عددا واقتلهم بددا ولا تبق منهم احدا عباد الله رحمكم الله ان الله يامركم بالعدل والاحسان وايتاء ذي القربى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعظكم لعلكم تذكرون اقول قولي هذا ما سمعتم واستغفر الله لي ولكم ولسائر المسلمين من كل ذنب فاستغفروه فيا فوز المستغفرين ويا نجاه التائبين اقم الصلاه <تصفيق> الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين اهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين 
والشمس وضحاها والقمر إذا تلاها والنهار إذا جلاها والليل إذا يغشاها والسماء وما بناها والأرض وما طحاها ونفس وما سواها فألهمها فجورها وتقواها قد أفلح من زكاها وقد خاب من دساها كذبت ثمود بطغواها إذ بعث أشقاها فقال لهم رسول الله ناقة الله وسقياها فكذبوه فعقروها فدندن عليهم ربهم بذنبهم فسواها ولا يخاف عقباها الله أكبر سمع الله لمن حمده الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين اهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين ألم نشرح لك صدرك ووضعنا عنك وزرك الذي أنقض ظهرك ورفعنا لك ذكرك فإن مع العسر يسرا إن مع العسر يسرا فإذا فرغت فانصب وإلى ربك فارغب الله أكبر سمع الله لمن حمده الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر السلام عليكم ورحمة الله السلام عليكم ورحمة الله الله أكبر استغفر الله استغفر الله استغفر الله السلام السلام عليكم السلام عليكم الله من على ذكرك وشكرك وحسن اللهم لا مانع لما اعطيت ولا معتذر لما اعطيت لا اله الا الله حمد الله ولا كل شيء قدير لا اله الا الله ولا رحمه الا الله ولا نعمه الا الفضل ولا لا اله الا الله مخلصين ودينا فكفى الله وكفى حبيبنا وحفظنا بك اللهم انا اسالك علما نافعا ورزقا طيبا وعملا متقبلا الحمد لله رب العالمين الله لا اله الا الله الحمد لله